Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Marianne and Wanda. I'm Andy. And I'm Allie. And we are about to hit February. Oh my god, don't remind (laughs) me. January went so fast. Yeah, I know. And that, you know, it's like, what's next? End of February? Come on. (laughs) Be realistic. (laughs) Oh man. What's new? What's new? Here's the hot new um the hot new update from Allie. Uh you know how I'm like kind of half deaf um in no. general. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm like kind of half deaf in general. But I mean, it's like an issue. Like I can't really hear a lot when it's a normal volume for somebody else for the TV. I can kind of hear most of everything, but not really. And so, like, it most often I really do need subtitles or it to be really loud. Oh that's not gosh. the point here. We just talked, Adam and I just talked about that. And I think that's how movies and shows are made now because the sound, or not the sound, but like the background music in a movie or a TV show is always so loud. Yeah. The audio of people talking is so quiet. And I don't know why, but people mumble. Like, we've been watching Wednesday and. We, I keep having to, like, back it up and start over in some spots because they're talking so fast and the volume is so low. But then the background music comes on and it's so loud. I don't know if that's just a new thing that, like, producers are doing now or if my hearing's just getting bad. But I know what you're talking about. It could be both, honestly. I yeah. believe, though, I honestly 100% believe the conspiracy theory that you're spouting here. Because I think that a lot of movies, yeah, aren't balanced well anymore. It's like the dialogue yeah. is so quiet. I and, wonder why I wonder why that's becoming more obvious. I don't, I, I mean, it could just, I mean, we could just be getting older. <laughs> just getting crotchety and I refuse to believe that. <laughs> Can't hear these youngsters. <laughs> I refuse Uh, to believe it. (laughs) Okay, well, I can tell you what would help you with your struggles is watching a movie with subtitles. (laughs) Okay, I've said that like the past two episodes that Adam and I have watched, but still, we have not turned the subtitles on. (laughs) Turn the subtitles on. It's revolutionary. Anyway, the point of all of that is that I'm normally a little bit deaf, but recently, for some reason, my left ear has gone like... 50% 50% volume at most. And <laughs> the tinnitus that I have in there is super loud. And I straight up like can't really hear that much out of my left ear. And it wasn't a problem until today. Um, I was TAing in class. And the way that I was facing most of my students, I, it was my left ear that was facing them. And they were calling my name and I did not hear them. And I was like, oh, oh no, this is all downhill from here. <laughs> like, what if this were an emergency situation and I can't hear? Anyway. You remember how our parents growing up used to always tell us to turn the music down in our headphones because we would go deaf? <laughs> Look, were they right? Maybe. We'll never know for sure. Yeah. Who knows? It could have been from something else. It was almost certainly from that. I still listen. Like, my volume in my car on a good summer day... I'll have the windows rolled down and I'll be blasting music at like 40 of the 45 volume units in my car. (laughs) So (laughs) you got to get the full experience. (laughs) I can't hear it. (laughs) It's a vicious cycle. Anyway, what's new with you? What you been up to? (laughs) (laughs) My, my hearing is probably better than yours. I would say. Um, Incredible. (laughs) 
Oh, I finally got my old escape cleaned up and ready to be sold. Aww. So I'll be listing that for sale soon. It's sad. I really loved that car. Yeah. But you got a nice, fun new car, so. Yeah, yeah. It's not the blue escape, though. The escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yes. The car from our high school. What didn't you have that no, in high school? I didn't. No. What did you have in high school? The Honda Civic. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot you dropped the little tiny thing. Yeah, because you and I were the only ones who could drive it since it was a stick shift. Oh, yeah. The good days. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. what's on our agenda for today? Well, we both watched and, I mean, I guess technically we went to the concert of Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids. Um, so that's a documentary. Not a documentary. I guess it's a concert experience, if yeah. you will. I, I assumed it was a documentary and then when I was watching it and it was just like perform like another performance after another performance, but it was the mm-hmm. same concert. I was like, where's the documentary part of this? <laughs> yeah. Nah, it was mostly it was, a concert experience. Yeah, it was like, I, I kept calling it a special, but yeah, it's a concert. A special. Yeah. And you will hear us refer to Justin Timberlake probably almost exclusively as JT from here on out. So I'm just going to yeah. go ahead and put a blanket statement here. This is an artist that I think we've both liked for a really long time. Um, And like I said, we went to his concert together, believe it or not, um, with my friend or yeah, mostly my friend Becca. We figured we'd watch the uh, little, I don't know, movie on Netflix (laughs) and then talk about JT, who I remember liking from an incredibly young age. So I liked him in NSYNC. Which, in my mind, runs from the years of, like, 2000 to 2007. But, in fact, they were from 1995 to 2002. Um, <laughs> That's because we were, we were a little young when they were first, like, majorly popular. But, like, you had older siblings that yeah. were probably listening to it, like, when it was no. popular. <laughs> okay. Not, not them. No, not my siblings specifically. Kate and Liva would never, ever <laughs> listen to NSYNC. But... I had, we had, you remember, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Miss Judy, our family friend. Yeah. Um, her daughter, Miss Amy, and I um, used to listen to NSYNC together in her bedroom. I just have a very specific memory of <laughs> discussing with her. Um, it must have been the No Strings Attached CD, which came out in 2000. And I, yeah, I just have a memory of talking it over with her because we were talking about the Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC. And I was like, well, I mean, let's be honest. Um, I'm an NSYNC girl uh, through and through, so. I didn't think about it until just now. Do we know where NSYNC comes from? Like, how they came up with that name? Yeah, because they're NSYNC. I mean, yeah, I know that, but I didn't know if there was another, like, if it was an acronym for something else or. No, I think it's just because they're NSYNC. They're NSYNC with each other. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when we had that uh, rock band, <laughs> band called Unison? Unison, baby! Yeah. <laughs> Unison was basically our version of InSync. <laughs> Actually, very much so. Um, and I've just now Googled it. And according to IMDb, Justin Timberlake's mother commented on how in sync the group singing voices were. So hmm. I am um, much of an InSync or Backstreet Boys fan. I think I was a little bit like on the younger end of when they were first getting really popular mm-hmm. because that would have been like mid 90s early 2000s which i mean we were both born in the mid 90s so 
we were yeah. on the younger end of listening to them. I mean, we we were still listening to them when they were popular, but I was never like a diehard in sync versus Backstreet Boys person. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say like peak popularity was two thousand to two thousand two. So yeah, we were still babies. Still, yeah, we were five years old. Believe it or not, I mean, I can't believe it. That's so young. I can't, I can't, <laughs> can't even fathom. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've owned. I think I have a physical hard copy either here in my car or in Carthage of every single JT slash NSYNC album up to um, his last one, which is Man of the Woods. Did you buy the last one? Like, no. I, no, I listened to it on Spotify. Yeah. That was we, enough for me. We were both in consensus that we were not a fan of that one. Yeah. So tell me about one of your favorite uh, JT memories. <laughs> so you were talking about how NSYNC was like kind of your your introduction to JT. Mm-hmm. My introduction to JT was a little bit later, probably after. I mean, I knew who he was, but like wasn't really that big of a fan until a little bit older. And <laughs> one of the earliest memories I have, you and Ginge and I can't remember if you guys were in the Impala, but I think it was the Impala. And so it must have been Nick and Libba and Kate in the back seat and then you and Ginge in the front seat. And there was only the middle seat left in the in the front. And we made you sit in it? Yeah, you guys <laughs> came and picked me up. You picked me up from my house. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I was going to your house to spend the night like we usually did. Yeah. And I was sitting in the middle in the front. And I remember Libba passing me a CD from the back and she's like, Andy, put this in. And I did not question it or anything. And I just <laughs> popped it right in the CD player. And your mom yelled at me. And she was like, Andy, now look what you've done. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, what did I do? And then the, Justin Timberlake started playing. But it seemed like nobody, nobody liked Libba's music choices then. No. <laughs> it was the Future Sex Love Sounds album. Yes. <laughs> That's one That's... of remem- uh, memories I have. That's funny, and that's exactly what Ginge would say. Uh, absolutely, Andy. Yeah, yeah Libba and Kate were never in uh, sync fans, but Libba was for sure a JT fan. Uh, I think I, I think I stole that Future Sex Love Sound CD. That must be the one that's in my car. So yeah, big JT fans over here. I didn't realize how old he is. So he was born January thirty first. So that's today. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Happy <laughs> birthday, JT. Happy birthday! Wow, what a great day to record this episode. <laughs> He's 42 years old today. Wow. Uh, incredible. That's funny. I'd <laughs> uh, love to hear it. In Memphis, Tennessee, uh, that's why his band is JT and the Tennessee Kids as a reference to his home state, which we all love. Mm-hmm. Um, except apparently you've never been to Memphis. I've been through Memphis, but never stopped there for anything. Yeah, I can't believe that. Um, maybe, I don't know, for like Thanksgiving or something, we can pop over there for a day. Okay. There is something magical about Graceland, Elvis's home, that mm-hmm. is indescribable with words. I'm not an Elvis fan. I love going through Graceland. One of my favorite things to do in Memphis. <laughs> so, uh, yes. yes. So, born in Memphis. <laughs> Um, I would say he's best known for his musical career, but he's also been an actor. So I guess if you were, I don't know, just happened to be growing up between in this like hiatus that he took between albums, um, you might only know him as that. But 
There's, uh, you'd be a I fool. I remember like a couple movies that he's been in, but I don't remember his acting to be particularly stellar, which is weird because he's a really good like dancer and performer. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's like the Morgan Freeman, if you will, but I would say he's like good enough in the movies that he's cast in. I would, in fact, say that he is uh, like does a good job in the roles that he's cast in, but he's like not cast in any super serious heavy roles. So, yeah, that's true. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just not got that many great roles. Like I remember him in Social Network and was it No Strings Attached? Yeah. Yeah, I remember him in those and just being like, eh, nothing great. But those also weren't, like, you know, super great roles, I guess. Anyway, so. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he was in some movies. Yes, he was. Um, movies that I at least enjoy, so. <laughs> Whatever. Watch. Um, that's not even what I wanted to talk about. We're in his early life right now, Andy. We were just born in Memphis. His- <laughs> His family was, well, his dad at least is, I think, a church choir director in a Baptist church, presumably around Memphis, uh, when he was growing up. And uh, JT would sing country and gospel music for them. Hmm. But it wasn't until he was on Star Search in 1993 uh, that he was like, became more well-known nationally. So you know about Star Search, right? No, I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. So he was, what, 12 then? Yes, very, very young. Um, it was, I think it was just like a talent competition for okay. all ages. And there were a bunch of different groups, um, like categories. So so it was originally, it was essentially the original America's Got Talent. Yes, but there were different categories. So there would be like a, a group and a duo and like just a girl or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah. And uh, Beyonce was also in it in the hip hop rapping girls time in 1993 <laughs> they lost out to another little boy band group but whatever I think one of the things that like a, a meme I don't know I guess that he's most popular for is that JT was a mouseketeer with Britney Spears Christina Aguilera Ryan Gosling like particularly Ryan Gosling he and Ryan Gosling were besties back in the day so was he roughly 12 then or was that before he was on star search that was after oh, okay so I it thought, was i always thought musketeers were like little little kids like six or seven years old no i think it was right after star search that he went on that hmm. and then right after he went on that in sync formed um with jc chasa how do you say his last why can't i remember how he say his last name don't know chasa's whatever uh jc his bandmate we're going to get some hate mail from that. Uh, <laughs> he met one of his bandmates on um, Star Search. And they ended up forming NSYNC in 1995. Became the best or the fifth best selling boy band in history. So now I've got the list of the best selling boy bands. So who do you think is the best selling boy band? Can you give me a time period? When we were very young. Right around the same time as uh, NSYNC, believe it or not. Well, best-selling boy band. All right, I'm going to guess Backstreet Boys then. Yeah, ba- best-selling boy band is the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> uh, the next one is one that you definitely know. But Time. they were active in like the 60s to the 90s. 60s to the 90s. And it was a family group. Like the Jackson 5? 
The Jackson Five. Oh yeah, I didn't realize they were still active in the nineties. Yeah, well, I guess to nineteen ninety. This one you might not actually know. We'll just go through the top What's five. The time period. Fifty-eight to eighty, hmm. and Sound it's to- an another family, but I think it's just a duo. Hmm. What what was their genre? Oh no, it's a it's whole family. What was their genre? Uh, yeah. I don't know. They were. <laughs> okay, never mind. Just give it to me. <laughs> a barbershop quartet is how oh, they I began. Would, I would not have known. The Osmonds. No, don't know them. Which I guess I thought. Yeah. Okay. And then the next one, you're also not going to really know. I mean, this was right before, so 84 to 94. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> New Kids on the Block, and then it's NSYNC. Here's the thing, though. One Direction is right behind NSYNC, both in sales and this listing. Okay. 70 million claimed sales for both. Okay, so NSYNC was formed in 95, fifth best-selling boy band in history. Yes, and they had, uh, I think, like, three total albums that were big. And then they broke up in 2002. Or I think technically, like all the other boy bands in history, they went on hiatus. And then we had Justin Timberlake release his absolute uh, banger of an album, Justified. <laughs> Great work. Uh, it gave us the number one hits, Cry Me a River and Rock Your Body. And if I'm not mistaken... When we went to the Justin Timberlake show, you told me that Rock Your Body was your favorite Justin Timberlake song. 2020 Experience album was still very new. Okay. So. So that might have changed. Okay. At the time, that was your favorite song. Uh, And then, of course, we have the 2004 Super Bowl incident. Remember the aftermath of it? So I don't know if I just didn't watch the Super Bowl or what. I I'm sure I didn't. We were not a football family growing up, so I know I watched it. Oh, yeah, I'd believe that. Well, we I used to always remember, just watch that. I remember you making up your own version of Cry Me a River, dear. <laughs> yeah, I still remember the chorus of that bad boy. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, man. No, yeah, I just, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to say, yeah, the 2004 Super Bowl incident that Justin Timberlake didn't handle very well at the time, but has kind of apologized for now, so hmm. we'll allow it. Next, in 2006, we have Future Sex Love Sounds, uh, which had so many number ones come out and also had several Grammys win from this. And not for the ones you might think. Hmm. So this, of course, has Sexy Back on it, which is my least favorite Justin Timberlake song that's popular, I must say. It's probably his most popular, though. Like, if anybody knows one song by Justin Timberlake, it's probably Sexy Back. Maybe. Do you think that's his number one song on Spotify? Let's find out. I don't know. But, like, people who don't really know just, like, music that well could probably name you that one. That's true. They might be able to also name, depending on how young they are, uh, Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls. Oh, yeah. I do love that song. Which is, yeah, another good song. Anyway, it turns out that What Goes Around Comes Around uh, won the Grammy for a Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. And then the song Love Stoned, I think she knows one for best dance performance. And I like to think of this as the album where JT just smushed two words together and capitalized them. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. He's very funny on that. And then we have just the single Four Minutes, which was uh, Madonna's lead single on her album that came out in 2007. Mm -hmm. I liked that one a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I remember the music video for that one being like superhero themed kind of. Hmm. I don't know that I remember it. At least I think it was. It was like both of them. Well, obviously both of them had four minutes to save the world. So they were like superheroes in the music video. Hmm. I'll go watch it later. This is not as good as some of his other ones, but I'll give it a quick watch. Yeah. It's only four minutes long. Yeah. Well, they only got four minutes, Andy. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we have got the 2020 experience, which I consider parts one and two to just be one album. But the first part came out in 2012 and the second part in 2013. So, okay. So that came out when we were still in high school? Yeah. the I, I didn't remember that. So yeah, there was the 2020 experience in 2012 and 2013, and we saw them, so we saw the concert for the 2020 experience in December of 2013. Yes, and that's the concert that uh, the Netflix special is filmed. Yeah. But they just filmed it, they filmed it at the Vegas show that was at the end of the tour Mm -hmm. in like January 1st and 2nd, so we must have been at the very end of the tour too. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. And then Man of the Woods came out. (laughs) Which, okay, I didn't realize that he hasn't had any music since 2018, so I think it's about time for a new album. Maybe we ought to keep an eye on his uh, social medias. Well, he's he's posted a couple pictures where he looks like he's in a studio, so I think he might be working on another another hit album for us. About time. Yeah, I have to say, I understand what he was trying to do with Man of the Woods, but I think that we both agree that that album is not good overall. To me, that one just didn't sound like his... Everybody has their own style, and that to me just didn't fit with what his style is, and so I was like, meh, what is this? I don't like this. I don't know. It's funny because we both like one of his country songs uh, with Chris Stapleton, which is Say Something. I would say that that is very country influenced, and I would say this album overall is very country influenced, but not in a good way for him. <laughs> yeah, I so I like say something with Chris Stapleton because I really like Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So maybe is that why I like him? Why? Because I, I also really like Chris Stapleton. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Suspicious. Yeah, I, both weren't really digging that album i listened to it a whole one time and was like nope not for me never went back to it (laughs) me neither my favorite things about jt is that he has an incredible range in both his his like vocals but also in the genres that he sort of samples and has that influences his music Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things i liked most about the 2020 experience was that it had it brought in like this big brass band feel and um like it all felt very big band but then you still had like the synthetic um like beats that JT is known for with his pop music you know yeah i think that's one reason why i like Justin Timberlake as much as i do because mm-hmm. it's not just guitar bass drums he's also got you know guitar he's got a flutes and pianos and trumpets and even the triangle (laughs) yeah (laughs) like all kinds of there's so many layers to it that like and I like that a lot of his songs too start out with one layer like just a trumpet beat or something like that and then the next layer in might be a drum beat and then the next layer in is a flute and then like Mm -hmm. layers and layers and layers until there's like 20 different instruments all playing a different 
like um tune but all together they sound really good yeah that's very noticeable on the open track of this album push your love girl which is also how he opened this concert Mm -hmm. yeah the way it it starts off with just like a a trumpet and then it layers it yes you're absolutely right like that's one of the things that he does best in this album and in general a lot of his music is structured that way yeah you and i missed out on our chance of becoming tennessee kids and yeah. you kept playing the trombone and I should have kept playing the flute and then we could have gone on tour. That would have been great. And it we sounds like it was fit, a good time. We would fit Tennessee kids because we're both from Tennessee. Yes. Though it should be <laughs> noted that at the start of the special, um, like all of his backup dancers and band, it seemed, uh, introduced themselves and not many of them were from Tennessee. Yeah, that's true. I did notice that. <laughs> there was a good representation, but yeah. Yeah, I do like I do appreciate that he's got a wide range vocal. Mm-hmm. Also has many other talents, including his dancing skills, mm-hmm. which is one of my very favorite things about JT. I don't think I could name a better male singer dancer. Yeah, he. I remember from the concert being very entertained the whole time. Like sometimes when you go to concerts, like. There's kind of a lull period or like if they do some slower songs, sometimes it's a little more boring because they don't move around as much. Mm-hmm. But I remember at that concert, the entire time he was moving across the stage and dancing and like getting the whole crowd engaged that it was very pleasing to watch. Yes. And <laughs> even when he sat down at the piano, he was still very engaged with the audience. Yeah. And he still had all the other people on stage, like the rest of his band. So he knows how to work a crowd. He does. <laughs> He's very much so a performer. It, he has gone into the right profession for himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, won several Grammy awards for his music video. So we have both mentioned Suit and Tie. Mm-hmm. I love that music video. It's really good. His dancing um, and the way that it's shot in black and white. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And then we have Jay-Z who comes out to do his his feature. And you like we see a little bit of cigar smoke and then out comes walking Jay-Z and he gives his whole little 30 seconds and it's incredible altogether. I like that Jay-Z collaborates a lot with Justin Timberlake. I think they are a good like yeah feature feature duo or however you want to call it like when they feature each other on yeah i think they do work well together they do they've had several on this album so there's um Mm -hmm. suit and tie but then there's also uh goodness he was on several other ones right so he was on suit and tie which was on the first half of of the 2020 experience and then on the second half he was also in um murder that's what it is Mm-hmm. Uh, which is one of my favorite songs off this album i like that one too yeah and then they've also had so do you remember this part in the concert when jt started to sing his bit from holy grail yeah another song that he does with jay-z yeah that was so great when he sang that bit like i've always loved that song and you don't think that like because it's not from this album and it's not his song it's really jay-z's song it feels like mm-hmm. um like you wouldn't expect him to just start singing that at his concert so welcome surprise i would say 
I also thought Jay-Z was going to make a surprise appearance, but he did not. No, I was hoping that both in Atlanta where we saw him and then on the recording, I was like, well, it's his last night in Vegas. Maybe, maybe Timbaland would get up there. And then he found Timbaland in the audience and just did a shot with him. That was so disappointing. So when we went to the 2020 Experience concert, that was in December of 2013. Mm-hmm. You and Becca drove down to Atlanta to meet me, going to school down there. And we ended up going to the Atlanta concert instead of the Louisville concert. Mm -hmm. And do you remember that our hotel almost wouldn't let us check in? Yes, because it wasn't... um, It wasn't in Becca's name. Right. It was Becca's brother who had gotten us a free hotel room because he worked for the hotel chain. And so they didn't want to let us in, not because it wasn't in Becca's name, but because we weren't, uh, we weren't old enough. We were like, yeah, 20, we were, 20, maybe. Yeah. We definitely weren't old enough. Yeah. We were 18. Yeah. I remember telling the front desk, like, don't worry, we're not going to be like drinking or partying. We're not even 21 yet. <laughs> be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Very convincing from this teen. I mean, <laughs> we wore these shirts that I made we probably weren't wearing them at the time but I decided to make shirts for all of us to wear and the front on the back I asked both of you for your favorite songs and I wrote the lyrics of our favorite songs on the back of the shirt I remember your song was rock your body yeah I don't remember what mine was I think think yours was blue blood blue blood yeah true blood True blood. <laughs> is it, is Blue Blood a TV show? Maybe Blue Bloods is a TV show starring Tom Selleck. <laughs> wow, I mean, True Blood. Ten out of ten. I don't remember what Becca's was. I don't either. But both of you almost said the same song, and so I only did "Rock Your Body" for one of them. It must have been yours, and then Becca switched hers at the last time. Yeah. Last second, she might have done like mirrors or something. Yeah, yep. I remember having the homemade shirts, and yes. I also remember that we had tickets to get rid of because we had more tickets than people that came with us. And I listed them on Craigslist a few days before you and Becca drove down. Mm-hmm. And nobody like I kept posting them like we just want to get rid of these four tickets. They're right next to ours, you know it's not a scam whatever but I'm not gonna have the tickets until the day of the concert and I got so many inquiries about it and none of them worked out when they heard that I wasn't gonna have them until that day Mm -hmm. we found somebody to buy them the day of and we met the guy he showed up in a Bentley and bought the four tickets and then he didn't even come to the concert until like halfway through it and oh but he drove a Bentley Andy yeah I guess money's no object to him maybe yeah, like we spent two hundred dollars on those tickets, and that was a lot to us. But this man's driving a—I don't even like what a hundred thousand dollar car. I don't know how much a Bentley is, but it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I always thought, like, man, he didn't even catch the first half of the concert. Yeah, huge mistake on his part. Yeah. Same way as the album, right? So he came in to push your love, girl, which is a really good song. Mm-hmm. And as you've said, it starts slow and then it builds, and it's great. One of the things that I liked most about this is that um, it felt a lot like on this album and in this concert, you could see that it was flowing together very well. 
yeah like the outros of songs and the intros of the next song on the album are the same and mm-hmm. so it's like a smoothless listening experience is what it feels like yeah i liked that too like where sometimes the it's almost like the lines are blurred as to where one song stops and when the next one starts mm-hmm. yeah i just was saying i enjoyed that yeah and i realized first on this album i think that i really like brass instruments in my music as it turns out yeah (laughs) just it's not a bad thing um but it is it was very surprising to me Uh, and i remember finding that out and then being upset that i was so predictable that all you had to do was put in some brass instruments i think that this album has one of my very favorite songs ever and that is the song that girl Mm mm-hmm which is yeah one of my favorites and then there's so many other bangers on here like how do you how do you pick them you know my favorite my favorite ones if i had to pick a couple from the 2020 experience i really liked amnesia that was one of my favorites mm-hmm. ko i liked amnesia tko drink you away and murder probably my faves and pair of wings which and- i found out today is apparently a hidden song i just assumed it was I mean, it's listed on my CD, I feel like. I don't know. I remember it being hidden. So. (laughs) (laughs) We'll never know. It's not. That is a good song, though. Yeah, I like, that's one of my favorite ones of his that's, like, very soft and quiet. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of his are, like, like we have said, they build and build and build so that they just get louder and louder and louder. Mm -hmm. But I like it's, like, very acoustic and mellow. One thing that I remember both about being in person and then was reminded about when we watched this movie was the visuals on his giant screen that he had behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when the song True Blood came on? It was a song that you and Becca didn't really know, again, because it was from the second half and that was pretty new at the time. And you guys both looked at me and you were like what song is this and i started singing along and then his giant head appeared on the screen behind (laughs) him (laughs) it was so funny yeah you made a note that the visuals remind you of the old-timey windows media player and i totally forgot about windows media player having those visuals but they are like very similar (laughs) spot on like jt was thinking about this and he was like you know what i love windows (laughs) media player a lost art (laughs) i remember those they had like the lasers and yeah (laughs) yeah incredible if you are too young to know what that is uh i'm gonna have to ask that you quit listening to this podcast in general (laughs) uh is the first time i remember hearing about or seeing the way the stage moved uh in the middle of his concert Mm -hmm. i really i really appreciate that he incorporated a moving stage because for us we had seats that were all the way like at the opposite end of the stadium from or arena from the main stage so like he was pretty small when we were just in our regular seats but his moving stage came all the way back to us and he ended up being like really close and not only did he like Mm -hmm. stay there and perform a little bit he i remember him performing at our level for like quite a while and the moving stage like he danced around they had all the band people up there Mm -hmm. i appreciated that yeah it was a really really good touch for those of us in the very back of the stadium yeah (laughs) with our 200 tickets (laughs) yeah 
which feels expensive even now but 200 dollars is probably the bare minimum that you pay for a concert these days i tell you probably i haven't been to a live concert in a while okay me neither <laughs> uh any songs that you really liked to hear live particularly mirrors from this concert specifically i remember that he played the whole thing and I don't remember how long it was. It seemed like it was about a 15-minute song. <laughs> mm-hmm. I but think the, I like, the original recording is like eight minutes. Yeah. It was good. He really drew it out. That was a good song. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't sing all of that, girl, right? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think he did. And I was very disappointed that he didn't do that. But I also really loved that he did Mirrors because that was his um, his going out song. Mm-hmm. His His outro, if you will yeah that was it was a good choice that was a well-planned well-planned single at the end there mm-hmm. it's funny that you don't really care for dance don't hold the wall did yeah. he form that one he did i think he did just the intro to that song in like mm-hmm. the middle of something and then i think he actually sang let the groove get in yeah that you don't really like that song but i like it because it kind of has a jungly vibe to it and it's different <laughs> Yeah, I really hate it. <laughs> I don't know. It feels very repetitive compared to all the other songs. Yeah. So I, I started thinking about it when I was watching the experience special. Do you think that his set list is the same at every city he goes to? Mm-hmm. Because when I was watching the special, I was thinking that I I didn't remember him playing so many of the older songs. Like, I remember him playing Rock Your Body in Atlanta but I thought I remembered most of the other ones he sang being his newer music. Did They think they left a good chunk of the concert out of this movie. Well, yeah, it was only like an hour and a half, but I think his concert was like two and a half to three hours. Yes, but I remember him playing a lot of the older ones. Hmm. Like, I remember when Sexy Back came on because everybody uh, in the stadium loved that. Like, I, yes, I remember that. I remember Rock Your Body, Sexy Back, and What Goes Around, but... Yeah. Other than that, I didn't really remember him playing a lot of the older stuff. It seemed like it was more of the newer ones because that was his new album that was out. Well, but yeah. Anyway, I just wasn't sure if the set list was the same in the city. I mean, it has to be sure for them to have it practiced and rehearsed that well. Yes. So, in general, I think the set list is the same. The one song that can change from city to city is that. Uh, they'll do like a they'll cover a song right so he covered one of michael jackson's songs mm-hmm. which one, i think that they might change that one in and out particularly if they're going to be in a city where they might bring in somebody to you know like do a quick song right. with them as like a special or something mm-hmm. but you're right for the most part i mean you can't set up you can't have a whole concert that's in 90 different cities and then have 90 different set lists and yeah dancing like dancing numbers to choreograph it's yeah that'd be way oh, too yeah. much think about the choreography <laughs> yeah. i just the... assume they make it all up on the spot and are just so good oh that God. they <laughs> can follow his lead <laughs> oh goodness uh. but one thing i really liked at the end of the special is that it showed how intense setting up for each concert is mm-hmm. and i never thought about it but i assumed that each each artist or singer or whoever has a group of like traveling roadies that are assigned to set up like the stage and the lights and sound equipment and all that at each location that an artist goes to. But it seemed like at the very end of the special, 
there was some guy who was announcing like, all right, today we're setting up for Justin Timberlake. Like it seemed like those people lived in Vegas and they set up for every artist who comes to that arena, not specific to like traveling around with that particular artist, which I never thought about, but it makes sense. Yeah. My assumption is that they have, each artist has a few people who's like in charge of safety and making sure everything works right. Right. But yeah, it would make more sense for them to have different people at every stadium. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's people who are employed with Bridgestone Arena to come like set up for all the concerts that are hosted there and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I just assumed that all those people traveled around and like were employed by Justin Timberlake or employed by whoever it is that they're setting up for. (laughs) Yeah. Not be ridiculous. (laughs) Can't have specialists for everything. But I thought it was cool that they were like they would first go in and like draw it out on the floor where they wanted everything and then Mm -hmm. piece it together one by one. Crazy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of work goes into those things, particularly for a moving stage. I would assume, you know. Yeah, Yeah. I liked seeing them structure that that part together. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Overall, Andy, how many twenty twenty experiences? No. How many years would you give this out of five? The concert experience or uh, the TV, the uh, Netflix special? I want your rating of the concert experience, the Netflix special, and the album. Oh, geez. <laughs> ratings or one overall rating? Uh, however you prefer. Okay. Okay, well, I'm going to give our concert experience that we attended five out of five mirrors because that was probably the best concert i've ever been to nice just completely 100 percent entertained the entire time no lags awesome incredible show yes um the mirror not mirrors the 2020 experience album would also give let's see actually i'm gonna give that one a 4.8 because there <laughs> are like one or two songs i don't really care for but they're not bad they're just, I skip over them. Um, so, yeah. So, that would be my rating for the album. And then for this Netflix special, um, I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't particularly bad or anything. I just was not expecting it to just be, like, a concert. I was expecting a little more, like, behind the scenes and yeah. that kind of stuff. So, I would like to see a little more of that. All right, that's respectable. I would say uh, same for the Netflix special, which I think you're right about. It could be enhanced with a little more behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, next, I would also I would give the album five and a half, five out of five. If I could give it more, if I could give it six, if I could give it seven, I would. <laughs> you can only max out at five, though. But yes, uh, favorite, may, probably favorite album of all time. Um, same for the concert. Yeah. Five out of five. Great concert. Sorry, you guys missed it. Uh, the Netflix special is going to get you about 80% of the way there, apparently. <laughs> but you're also missing like half the concert because it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Here we go. Just give you a quick reminder that I have chosen the next book. Um, it's called 10th of December by George Saunders. Getting um, that in a few weeks. So get your copy. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Marianne and Wanda. We would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review. You can reach us at Marianne and Wanda podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and Wanda podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.